Hi, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and I trust that it'll be a blessing to you. I'm Dr. John Cook, your host. We are continuing now our series on Just a Thought on the book of Revelation. We begin today to look at Revelation chapter 5. This is part one of our study, and we'll deal with the first four verses in this chapter. In our study, we're going to see a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. It's in the hand of God. We'll look at what this book is or could be, and we will also see what effect there was when it was found that none could open the book or look thereon. Finally, we'll see how this influences us today. What does it have to do with me today? So let's get right into our study. Look with me, if you would, at verse 1 of Revelation chapter 5, where we read, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. John, looking on the one that sat on the throne in heaven, sees a book, a book written on the inside, and outside, sealed with seven seals. Now, what this book represents is uncertain. Some believe it's the book of Revelation itself. Others believe that it has to do with the Word of God, the Bible. In fact, in the early printings of the King James Bible, there was an image of the Bible as a seven-sealed book, setting forth this belief. It is interesting, if you count the ribs on a King James Bible, they number seven. This, again, is a representation of the belief that the Word of God itself is this seven-sealed book that God held in His hand. However, there are others that believe it's the book of Daniel. See, in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4, we read, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Daniel is told to seal up the book. And so some think and believe that this book, this little book that was held in the hand of God, was the book of Daniel the very book that Daniel had sealed up. If that's true, it would make the book of Revelation a revealing of what Daniel was not allowed to tell us in his writings. Is this a ready explanation for the seven-sealed book that John uh, sees? Well, maybe. Still others believe that it's the title deed to the earth. Now, Jeremiah speaks of the practice of sealing the title deed to property here on earth in a book. Look at Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 8 through 14. And there we read, So Hanamiel, mine uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the Lord. And said unto me, By my field, I pray thee, that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is thine, 
and the redemption is thine. Buy it for thyself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord, and I bought the field of Hanamiel, my uncle's son, that was in Anathoth, and weighed him the money, even 17 shekels of silver. And I subscribed the evidence and sealed it, and took witnesses, and weighed him the money in the balances. So I took the evidence of the purchase, both that which was sealed according to the law and custom, and that which was open. And I gave the evidence of the purchase unto Baruch, the son of Neriah, the son of Messiah, in the sight of Hanamiel, mine uncle's son, and in the presence of the witnesses that subscribed the book of the purchase before all the Jews that sat in the court of the prison. And I charged Baruch before them, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these evidences, this evidence of the purchase, both which is sealed and this evidence which is open, and put them in an earthen vessel, that they may continue many days. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. Now, what we see here is an illustration of Jeremiah as the kinsman redeemer, sealing to himself for future reclamation the purchased possession of his nephew, Hanamiel. His claim was sealed in a book, a scroll, like unto the seven-sealed book that John saw. In verse 2 now, we read, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? The question deals with worthiness. Worthiness having to do with the right, the rightful one, who can come and open this book and loose the seals. Now, whatever this book is, it can't be opened by just anyone. In fact, Verse 3 says, And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. No person, lost or saved, could open the book. Neither any angel, fallen or not fallen, could open the book. The result of this discovery we see in verse 4. The scripture says that John wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. John was brokenhearted that none could open the book. If this book is in fact the word of God, then we can be certain that it's only open to us by God alone. We see this in Luke chapter 24 and verse 45, where we read about the Lord with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Jesus had to open his disciples' understanding for them to understand the word of God. You see, God's thoughts are so far above our thoughts that they're beyond our understanding. This is what the Lord tells us in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So the Lord has to open our understanding today. 
if we're going to get anything out of the word of God. Because the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 tells us. If this book, this seven-sealed book, is in fact the word of God, that would certainly bring tears to the eyes of God's children, to you and me, just as it did in John's time. It should, in fact, break our hearts when we read the Word of God and find it a closed book to us. Or do we look into it so little on our own that we don't expect it to be open to us? Or do we approach the Word of God as though it is, in fact, a closed book that only the preacher or teacher can find anything in? When you open your Bible, do you expect to hear from God? And if you don't hear from God, does it break your heart? Oh, how precious we should find the word of God to be to us. The psalmist says in Psalm 119 and verse 103, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Do we find the word of God to be sweeter than honey? Would we feel starved if we did not have his word to satisfy our hunger? The psalmist says again in Psalm 119, verse 162, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Do we rejoice when we come to the word of God and find in it great spoil or great treasure? If we didn't find that, if it wasn't open to us and we couldn't find that great treasure, would it not bring tears of disappointment to our eyes? that we found it a closed book to us, and that there was none to open that book? There's no doubt that this would be true if the word of God was great treasure to us. Jeremiah the prophet says in Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. I don't know about you, but I like to eat. Jeremiah says when he came to the word of God, that he found the words of God, and he did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. How the word of God should be to us our joy and rejoicing. God's word should be to us a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Just as the psalmist says in Psalm 119, verse 105. Then again, if this book represents the title deed for redemption, then it's the book of our redemption and of this world. And if it couldn't be opened, that certainly would bring tears to our eyes. For if it can't be opened, how then should we know the final victory of our redemption? Today I am redeemed, yet I await the finished work of redemption, that which Jesus purchased on the cross of Calvary. All of creation awaits that blessed day, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will rule and reign upon the throne of his father David in Jerusalem. And in that day we'll have no sin, we'll be perfect and holy just like he is. When he rules on the throne in Jerusalem, the day when the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. 
Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 tells us. So we have seen the book that John saw, and we've considered what it might be. We say might be because no one knows for certain what that book is. But we know for sure the fact that when none was found worthy to open it or to loose the seals thereof, tears poured from the eyes of John the Apostle. We considered the prospect of this book remaining sealed for the believer and how that prospect should also cause us to be brokenhearted. So in our next study, we are going to see how the Savior is the only one that can open that book and the seals thereof. We're going to see him step forth to take that book. So join us in part two of our study. Until then, God bless. Hey, this is John Cook again. Well, thank you for joining us in this podcast. I encourage you to join us in the next podcast in our continuing study on just a thought on the book of Revelation. Hey, while you're here, why don't you subscribe? Appreciate it, and God bless.